It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast, the official podcast of the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. Glad you've joined us on this week's edition of the podcast. We will get to our guests fairly quickly in this one. You'll hear from Cam Hillis, Coltrane Wilson, and Indy 500 winner Marcus Erickson as he was our guest at the most recent home game back last Friday night when the Fuel took on the Iowa Heartlanders. And we had a really special night. Not only did we have Marcus Erickson in the house, we unveiled the ticket for the upcoming Indianapolis 500 between periods on the ice with Marcus Erickson and Doug Bowles. A really, really special evening. And you'll hear my conversation with the Indy 500 champion a little bit later on in the podcast. But first, let's take a look back at the Fuel's Week. The Fuel went 2-1 and one on the week last week. That came after going 1-2 and two the weekend before with a loss to Cincinnati, a 6-3 to three win over Kansas City in which Cam Hillis had a goal and four assists, and then a 6-3 to three loss to Kansas City to wrap up the weekend. Last week, the Fuel trailed 1-0 going into the third period Wednesday in Iowa that Andrew Parrott tied the game at 3-11 of the third, and then the floodgates opened. Carson Rose gave the Fuel the lead with the eventual game winner at 11:51. Chad Yetman made it 3-1 with his 20th of the year 16 seconds later, and then Alex Weidman added a late goal as well to give the Fuel a 4-1 victory over the Heartlanders. Same two teams Friday night at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. The Fuel fell behind early 2-0 and dropped that game 4-2. And then they headed to Kalamazoo on Saturday, where they posted a 5 to nothing victory with Mitchell Weeks stopping 23 shots for his second ECHL shutout of the season. Austin Albrecht scored his first career ECHL goal. Alex Weidman, Cam Hillis, Chris Cameron, and Chad Yetman also scoring for the fuel in that one. Cam Hillis had a goal and an assist. He now has six goals and 19 assists, 25 points in his last 14 games. He has been red hot here of late and has continued that trend. Of course, last week he tied a team record with a goal and four assists, five points in the 6-3 to victory over Kansas City a week ago Friday. So the Fuel enter this week in first place, but as we get closer to the home stretch of the season, the standings are starting to tighten up a little bit. The Fuel once had a nine-point lead in the division. It has closed a little bit because Cincinnati is burning off some of its games in hand. The Cyclones had four games in hand. They now have just two, and Toledo has also been playing well. So the Fuel, with a three-point lead over the Cyclones, 64 points to Cincinnati, 61, and Toledo in third place with 60 points as they have won eight of their last 10 and have climbed very rapidly in the standings. Of course, the Walleye are a team that we're going to see here very shortly as the Fuel will take on the Walleye. The first time we will have seen them at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum this season on Friday, February 24th for Hockey is for Everyone Night. And then the Cyclones will be here on Saturday the 25th, a really important back-to-back home weekend for the Fuel as they'll host game night and do 317 night on Saturday the 25th, which of course means $3 beverages, $1 hot dogs, and $7 special t-shirts. The Fuel also wearing special jerseys that day. And then on Tuesday the 28th, it's our annual Education Day game against the Kalamazoo Wings. That game is sold out 
as we will have thousands of school children in the building enjoying a day away from the classroom while also learning how hockey and the math and other parts of the game can help them learn as well. So looking forward to that one on the 28th. And then on Friday, March 3rd, the Fuel will take on the Wheeling Nailers. We are going to attempt to break a world record and want you to be a part of it. It's also another do 317 night on Friday, March 3rd. So after the four-game road trip, the Fuel are currently on as we record this February 17th and 18th, this upcoming weekend, the Fuel will be in Kalamazoo for a pair of games. And then on the 22nd, Wednesday night, they will finish a four-game road trip in Iowa. Then they'll return home for those two games against Toledo on the 24th and Cincinnati on the 25th. That game against Toledo will start a stretch of 15 of the next 19 games for the Fuel taking place at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So a lot of the remainder of the season will be at home. A lot of opportunities to see the Fuel coming up this year. Of course, the Fuel right now, six active players with double-digit goals. Jan Mondot also in double digits, but he has headed back to the Czech Republic to finish out his season. But Alex Weidman right now, 51 points. Cam Hillis, 48, including 25 in his last 14 games. Chad Yetman is the first player into the 20-goal category as he's got 21 goals and 21 assists. Sheamus Malone, Brian Lemos, and Spencer Watson all also in double digits in terms of goals in the fuel with four players over 40 points this season, seven with at least 25 points. And we've talked a lot about the depth of this team, and that's really come through here lately as they've been without some key guys. Brian Lemos missed several games in January and February. Spencer Watson missed several games in January and February. They're still without Matt Watson, still without Chase Lang. They lost Seamus Malone for the last three games. And so it's a team that has been dealing a lot with injuries, dealing a lot with kind of having to play with a thin lineup here in the last few weeks, but have managed to stay in first place and continue to play some fairly solid hockey as we head into the latter stages of February into March, the last couple of months of the regular season where this team's starting to get healthy again, starting to get some guys back and be close to full strength as they play some very, very important games down the stretch of the season. As we mentioned, Cincinnati and Toledo coming in the two teams directly behind the fuel in the standings for the next two games at the Indiana farmers Coliseum. Hillis up the left side, Malone feeds it to Hillis, takes it to goal and scores. What a play. Seamus Malone throwing it right to the crease and Cam Hillis arrived just as the puck did. Over to the point now, Hillis to Teixeira. Walks the line, back to Hillis, right side. Looks in, fire scores! It was deflected on the way in. And the Fuel lead at 6-3, to three, their second power play goal of the night. And I think it's going to be Jared Thomas's goal again. JT with a couple of power play goals, and Cam Hillis with a five-point night. Let's meet our guests on this edition of the podcast. Our first guest 
is a guy who has been red hot, as we've mentioned. Cam Hillis, we recorded this the night of pregame, his five-point game. So we didn't get a chance to talk about that. We did get a chance to talk about him playing in the National Hockey League. He's the one player on this Fuel roster who has played in the NHL. He's on an NHL contract, came over from the Montreal Canadiens to the Blackhawks organization earlier this season in the trade that sent Riley McKay to the Montreal organization. There were also uh, other pieces involved in that deal as well. And so Cam Hillis has been a tremendous addition to this Fuel lineup. 16 goals, 32 assists in 45 games this season. He's plus 16, second on the team in that category, and playing some very, very good hockey. And a really solid right-handed center for this team and a tremendous playmaker and scorer who has also been a three-situations player where he plays even strength. He is one of their top penalty killers and also one of their top producers on the power play. Here is our conversation with Andy Fuels, Cam Hillis. Describe how your year has been going, and especially here lately, is and really seem to have been playing very well coming up uh, here these last few weeks. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun here in Indy. Uh, obviously being traded here at the start of the year and um, having a new opportunity here, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the guys have been great with me, and just building new relationships that way has, has been helpful on the ice. And the coaching staff here has been really good too, and, and work with me after practice and video and, and anything I need. So, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. Um, just trying to keep raising my play each game and um, kind of peak at the right time. Here we got playoffs coming up in a few months, and uh, we want to be ready for that. What's it like when you are traded mid-season and just? getting used to a new organization and a new locker room yeah it was pretty seamless here um i didn't really know what to expect my mm-hmm. first time ever really being traded um but yeah like i said it's been a lot of fun here um pretty much anything i can ask for is you know work with the coaches and the guys have been great here so they made my transition pretty easy Let's say because of the, the coaches and especially how Duncan is really skill development is his thing. How important is that for a, a player like you and some of the other younger players who are trying to work your way up to help you get where you want to be? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, kind of right now, these next few years are pretty crucial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now I'm playing a lot in a, in a big role, and um, that's kind of exactly what I need right now. And, and he's been great with giving me pointers and, and where I need to, you know, reminders and, and what I need to do and things like that. And, um, it's, it's really been easy for me to work with him, and um, he's, he's held my game a lot this year. You've been skating with uh, Seamus and Luke around the last couple of games, skated with Wides and Yeti a lot this season. What is it like to, to have wingers with the skill level that those guys have? Yeah, it's it makes my, my life easy for sure. I mean, they're all great players. Um, it's a lot of fun playing with, with all of them, really. So, I mean... Hopefully we can click a little more tonight and get back in the winning streak. You're the one guy in this room that's played a National Hockey League game. Describe what that was like, especially doing so for an original six franchise in Montreal. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a really cool experience. Um, I got to play against Florida in Florida. Um, dream come true, really. I mean, so you look forward to your whole life, and to see it kind of realized was a lot of fun. And I was happy with my game. I saw, you know, a lot of good things and kind of a good measuring stick for me moving forward and, and what I want to get back to. So is that the thing you take away from that experience is what you what you need to see, just the speed of the game as far as uh, what you want to get to? Yeah, no, I felt, uh, I felt super comfortable out there, actually. 
Um, so that was nice. That was a good takeaway. And uh, obviously, you're you want to get back there, and, and that's my goal. So just working hard down here, um, and that you know we'll see how things go, and hope I can get back there. A couple of years in the OHL, you got a chance to win a championship in 2019. How special was that? to be able to, to win a title and play for the Memorial Cup. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, unfortunately, I was injured for, for most of that run, um, but still learned a lot from, from guys in that room. We had Nick Suzuki and, and Sean Berzy and those kind of guys around and um, learned a ton about you know what it takes to win, and uh, it was pretty cool for, for all of us in that room. Then your rookie year, unfortunately, it was kind of that weird half season in the American Hockey League, and, but... Given most teams treated that as an extended development camp, what did you glean from that year that has helped you the last couple of years as a pro? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of a difficult year for me. I mean, I probably would have been back in junior that year and mm-hmm. um, more time for development, but I kind of got to learn the pro style of the game, um, you know, how to, t- how to take care of your body, um, you know, learning from older pros that have done it for a long time. And I think there were some great takeaways there and uh, just now trying to catch up and playing time and getting back to uh, kind of the right track where I want to be. That's the opportunity here in Indy. You get a lot of playing time in top six role. How important is that for you? Yeah, it's huge. It's, it's sure what I, what I need right now um, is just playing a lot and being in key situations like that is, is going to help me a lot going down the road, I think. What's the biggest difference between this level and the American League? Uh, I think just details, mm-hmm. uh, you know, timing. I mean, there's a little more structure up there, but uh, I mean, down here, this is still good hockey and, and there's good teams in our division, so um, you know, I'm grateful for that to be able to play some good hockey down here and then hopefully when I get my call I can be ready to go up there. Just describe what's been your favorite thing about being here at Indy so far. I think just the guys in the locker room were super close. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun to battle each night for them in that room and uh, I think that's what makes us successful this year is, is having the group we have in there right now and uh, you know, the best teams are always the team that are, that are closest off the ice so I think that's bode well for us so far and uh, keep that going. Well, that was Cam Hillis. Our next guest is Coltrane Wilson. He played four games early in the year and then was injured and and missed the next three months. He spent some time helping out the coaches, working as an assistant coach as he rehabbed and worked his way back into the lineup and returned on January 27th against Jacksonville and has been a really important piece on the Indy Fuels blue line. He is in his third year as a professional, spent much of last season with the Kansas City Mavericks before he signed with the Rockford Ice Hogs this season and was assigned to the fuel with which he has spent most of the year. A big guy at 6'3", 210. He is the younger brother of Clark Wilson, who played a half a season for the fuel in their inaugural year. You'll hear from Coltrane talking about his brother a little bit later on in the conversation. Here is our chat with Indy Fuel defenseman Coltrane Wilson. Cole, it's good to see you back on the ice uh, after you were out for for three months with an injury. And how good is it to be back and and be playing again? And how difficult was it to to spend that time out rehabbing and getting yourself back on the ice? Yeah, it's obviously not fun. Um, you know, watching the team play for you know the better part of three months. Um, 
it was kind of a hefty injury and, and one of those that was, you know, had some good days and some bad days, but it helped that the team was winning and playing well. And, you know, obviously I got to be on the bench there for a bit, which is a huge thanks to Duncan. So, um, you know, I was able to be a part of the team for the back half of it and, you know, definitely happy to be back for sure. Yeah, how long has it taken you to kind of just get your game legs back under you since coming back? Yeah, I'd say this weekend's probably the first weekend I felt like myself. Last weekend was kind of, you know, y'all, you get focused on the injury and, and so want that to be better, but you kind of forget about the whole mental side and the pace, and yeah. it's kind of hard to work on that until you're in a game. So it, it took me a couple couple games for sure, but this weekend I feel like I got, a, got my legs back. I'll say the thing I noticed last night, it's a three-goal game, final minute, you're throwing yourself in front of a puck on the penalty kill <laughs> to block a shot. Is that really just a case of... You need to play the game the right way, no matter the time, no matter the score. Yeah, I mean we're still we're still playing for each other. Um, you know, I I know it's probably a stretch, but you never know what can happen. Uh, I know there's not a lot of time left, but you know if that one goes in, who knows? But kind of it's more of a pride thing. We wanna we wanna play to the final bell, and, and we don't want to kind of take any shifts off and that kind of stuff. So um, you know you also play for weeksy too. So wanted to wanted to give them an opportunity to not have to make a puck save there. You're playing against your former team today. What's it like to play against a few guys that you played with the last couple of years? Yeah, I haven't done it too often, actually. This is probably my first time, um, so it's it's uh, different. You have some guys that you're buddies with uh, maybe a year ago, and now you're you're showing some jabs and, and hitting them and stuff like that. But it's you know it's all part of it. You know, after we'll see them and, and laugh about it. I guess it's the cliche: friends off friends off the ice, friend no friends on the ice. So um, it kind of rings true to that. As you get into this game coming over here from Kansas City being in the league as long as we have there's always talk of each division kind of has its own style of play you know what's been the transition coming from a mountain division team to coming over to the central yeah it's a lot different um you know the mountain division you know it even kind of says it in the name it's a it's a tough division in terms of there's some big boys some big teams that play some some heavy styles I'm not saying there isn't over here but there's a little bit more of the the skilled teams and and the guy the guys that can you know score goals and stuff like that so there's definitely all of that in every division but i'd say over here it's a little bit more of uh that kind of style but the mountain division you know isn't easy anybody that's played in that division will tell you it's a it's definitely a tough one is you get into this year and describe the style of play that that you have yeah it was uh you know i kind of had intentions going into the year in terms of you know obviously defense kind of comes naturally to me i wanted to kind of contribute especially with the offensive group we have uh wanted to help to contribute to that offensive side of the game but obviously plans got a little halted and the timeline got pushed back a little bit but you know trying to now just kind of clamp down the defensive side again and kind of get my feet under me there and then we'll kind of extend out from there What's been the chemistry like with Keone playing as, as partners these last few games? Yeah, it's been good. You know, we started the year together too, um, and we had a lot of chem there too. We've we've known each other for a couple years now, and uh, we were up in Stockton together for a little bit in the in the American League last year too. So uh, we have a good relationship off the ice, and I think it rings true on the ice as well. So hopefully, we can keep it going. The opportunities you've had in the American League the last couple of seasons, signing with Rockford this year. How has that kind of helped develop your game? Yeah, no, it's obviously, you know, it's a it's a good league. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's the league down from the NHL. Yeah. It's where every all we're trying to aspire mm-hmm. to be at. But um, you know, you learn a lot from the coaches, from the players. You see those veterans up there that have been in that league, and you know, obviously, been in the NHL too. You take 
you pick their brain as much as you can. I've had that opportunity, and you kind of just try and translate it down here. And we have a lot of guys that have, you know, have that same experience. And you know, I think it shows that on the ice. Three years in the WHL. How, how did that prepare you to be a pro? Yeah, I mean, amazingly. You know, there's a lot of good. Uh, you know, especially in Lethbridge, there's a lot of good uh, people in that front office, and a lot of good people. A lot of players I played with that now are playing in the NHL, and um, some in the American League as well. So you know, you kind of. You know, they kind of had that pro mentality at a young age that kind of taught you the little things to, to kind of take in, the, in your actual pro years. You, uh, your older brother played here a few years ago, yeah. and I, I know he's well-remembered by the fans here. How's he doing? What's he up to now? Yeah, he's actually an actor out in Vancouver, which is funny enough. He picked the two hardest lines of work. I always <laughs> joke with him about that. But, um, no, it's definitely up his alley, and, you know, he had his time in the, playing hockey. He loved it. He loved his time in Indy, and I think he uh, found a new passion, which is awesome for him, and he's doing really well out there in Vancouver. So uh, he tunes in all my games, and he's texting me after the games and stuff like that, so it's good to kind of – still kind of have that big brother in the hockey way too while you were out you got a chance to spend a lot of time helping dunks as an assistant coach what was that like for you to see that side of things it was new it was new for sure and i think you know as a player you probably think you know what coaching's all about and you don't realize you have no clue until you're kind of back there and i was more just standing there being positive i wasn't even doing quote-unquote coaching stuff so um it's kind of a new light and it's kind of a, du- a different viewpoint on the game and, and on the bench and uh, i think think it helped my development and coming back and kind of seeing what they see and you can kind of relate to them a little bit more that's coltrane wilson indy fuel defenseman and one of the guys who has given the fuel a really really deep blue line this season he and keone Texera have been a tremendous pairing together since he has returned from injury and gotten back into the lineup and it's good to see coltrane back on the ice and not standing behind the bench as he was for so long helping out the coaching staff our final guest we step away from hockey but we talked to a guy who grew up playing hockey he was a goalie growing up and now is the indy 500 champion marcus erickson was our guest for indy 500 night last friday we unveiled the new indy 500 ticket that features the picture of the winner celebrating his indy 500 victory marcus erickson grew up in sweden loves the game of hockey and you'll hear some conversation about that as we talk a little bit of hockey and racing with the indy 500 winner marcus erickson just kind of describe how your night's gone so far you've been able to greet some fans and sign some autographs and also we've unveiled the ticket featuring uh, your your face celebrating your Indy 500 win. How special is that? Yeah, it's been a great night so far. Uh it's been pretty busy. I think, you know, <laughs> I've seen some players in the in the team and uh, seen a lot of fans and autographs and pictures and the Borg Warner trophy is here which is super cool. So and then of course the big thing with the unveiling of the ticket for this year's Indy 500. So it's uh, it's an exciting night and for me being a big hockey fan is uh, it's fun doing it here in the in the field game. Say so you grew up in Sweden. Hockey's big in Sweden. So describe your fandom of hockey and and how much fun it is to come to the rink. Yeah. So Sweden, I think you know the biggest sport in Sweden is hockey. So we you know we grew up with it. And I actually played hockey until I was 16. So I was uh, playing hockey in the winter and then uh, driving go karts in the summer. So it's pretty much my two big passions: is motorsport and hockey. So it's a good combination tonight here with the you know Indy 500 night at the at the hockey game. So who was your favorite player growing up? 
So Peter Forsberg was my my sort of favorite, and then Henrik Lundqvist, uh, another one, because I was a goalie. I was looking up to him a lot. And uh, these days, I I actually know Eric Carlson of the Sharks and Hampus Lindholms of the Bruins. So they are friends of mine. So I follow their progress here in the NHL. Uh, you mentioned the Borg Warner Trophy is here. How much has your life changed in the last year? Do you get tired of seeing your face on the Borg Warner Trophy? I will never get tired of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely changed. You know, it's, it's one of those. Uh, you know, it's the biggest race in the world, and everyone told me that you know it's, it's going to be a before and after you win that race, and it's truly been like that. It's been, you know, it's just a different world when you are in the 500 champion. And the cool thing with that as well is that you will forever be an in the 500 champion. So I've got to experience a lot of fun things since winning, and you know, bringing the Borg Warner Trophy to Sweden to my hometown was super special. And just here in Indianapolis as well, seeing the support from from fans, you know, even before we're coming to, to racing month of May you know it's still so many fans and people recognize me and wishing me good luck and stuff like that so it's uh, super special being teammates with Scott Dixon did he prepare you for what this last year is going to be like uh, yeah I mean it's, it's a dream being teammate yeah. with, with Scott you know he's one of the greatest if not the greatest driver in IndyCar ever so I've learned a lot from Scott and uh, I still do and uh, we have a great relationship working really well together so uh yeah, it's been it's been good for me to have him there on, on my side for sure. Go back to last May in early in the race, you were fast and your teammates were too. But as the race goes on, you work your way to the front, and then the red flag throws with you know, five laps left. You're in the lead. What are you thinking during that red flag time, and and what you needed to do those last couple laps? Yeah, it was uh, it was very tough especially mentally you know I had the I'd made the big push there with sort of 20 laps ago and, and got myself up to the lead and, and even got a quite a big gap there on three seconds so I had the race pretty covered there and then the red flag sort of turns everything upside down and you know restart with two to go and, and all the other guys right behind me and you know that moment was the most intense of my career for sure but uh, you know, at the time it was really tough, but now afterwards, and I managed to pull it off. You know, it's it just made the victory even greater having it. You know, that finish to the race. Yeah, being such a tight shootout, and that's really what the IndyCar series has become, especially on ovals. Is the field is so deep from from the winner to the last qualifier, the pole center to the last qualifier. Just describe what it's like racing in a series where the fields are so tight. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, even since I came here in 2019, every year it's been, you know, growing, getting more cars and more, you know, good cars. It's good teams, good drivers, uh, very international. So it's drivers from all over the world coming here. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, one weekend you get everything right and you can be winning. And then next weekend you miss a little bit in the driving or in the setup and you can be P20 suddenly. So that level of competition, I think, is unique in the racing world at the moment. And it makes you, you know... W- have to work extremely hard to be on top of things every weekend and it's really tough you're the second driver from sweden to win the indy 500 describe the role kenny brack has had in your career i believe he helped you get started in racing didn't he and and how has he helped guide you yeah so first i remember watching him as a kid you know on tv and he when he was racing here in america and winning the indy 500 back in 99 so that was sort of my first uh, memory of Kenny, and then I was fortunate enough to, to have him as my mentor and manager for my early years in my racing career, so I worked with him for 
I think six, seven years, and and you know he helped me a lot to to become the driver I am today. And um, it's cool to be the, the second suite after Kenny yeah. to, to win the 500. Uh, the IndyCar series is so diverse because of the different types of tracks you have to run, where street courses, road courses, short ovals, long ovals, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How much fun is it to drive in a series where you have to be so good at so many different disciplines of racing? I think that's something that I really like with mm-hmm. the IndyCar series. The fact, like you say, you have to be good at the tw- tight and twisty street courses, the, the flow and like nice road courses, and then you come to the short ovals, which is crazy in itself, and then you have the super speedways. So that sort of driving style that you need for all these different tracks is very unique for every dif- different track, and to be, you know, a successful IndyCar driver, you need to be able to behave, you know, to, to adapt your driving mm-hmm. for all these different types of tracks, which is really t- tricky, so that's a unique challenge that IndyCar has that no other series in the world has, so I think that's something that makes it even harder for us drivers and teams to mm-hmm. set up the cars for all these different tracks. How long did it take you to get used to driving ovals? I would say a good year and a half before I felt like I had sort of things under control on the ovals, and then, but then to, you know, finesse everything and get to, to a position where I felt like I could you know, compete for wins was definitely you know, a few more years so it's, uh, it's not easy especially for me coming from European racing where we don't race ovals at all so it's definitely a different, different way of racing on an oval compared to a street or a road course and it definitely takes a bit of time but I love it I think that the way you race on an oval is really cool and you need to be very smooth in your inputs because at those high speeds you cannot make any aggressive uh, changes in, in the car and um, you have to think a lot how you race and I like that aspect. We're about a month out to St. Pete's. What has your offseason been like and what are your thoughts on the year coming into the uh, 2023 IndyCar Series season? It's been a busy offseason yeah. uh, for, for a good reason with all the celebrations and other things uh, connected to the 500 win. So it's been a lot more busy than usual, but uh, it's also been good because I've got quite a lot of time to work with my team and, and you know work on myself to try and become even better for this season. So I'm feeling super excited for, for the new season coming up for St. Pete. The first race is always a fun one. And then... I can't wait to get back here to, to the month of May being the defending champion. That's going to be super special for me. So it's a lot of things to look forward to. Marcus Erickson, thank you so much for joining us and enjoy the game tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun one and hopefully a few will win. That's Marcus Erickson joining us during last Friday's game and, of course, bringing that to you here on the Under the Hood podcast. I want to thank him as well as Cam Hillis and Coltrane Wilson for conversing with us and also thank you for listening again lots of opportunities to see the fuel they're currently on a four-game road trip that will continue this weekend the 17th and 18th of february in kalamazoo as we record this and then next wednesday february 22nd in iowa before they play some big games but 15 of the next 19 at home starting friday the 24th of february as for the first time this season the toledo walleye visit the indiana farmers coliseum the puck drops at seven o'clock for hockey for every one night, and then on Saturday, the 25th game night, a 2-3-1-7 night, 7 o'clock face-off as the Fuel take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. Then Education Day on Tuesday, the 28th, 10.30 in the morning, 
It is sold out. If you're a season ticket holder who cannot make it to the game, you can exchange your tickets for any other available home game remaining in the 2022-23 season. Of course, if you can't make it, we'll have the broadcast for you on our audio stream as well as on Flow Hockey. You can get to the audio stream at Mixler.com slash IndieFuel or by visiting the IndieFuel website. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Under the Hood podcast. I am Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indie Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndieFuelHockey.com.